trail running, it's not about going fast or coming on first or whatever. Like, it's just about going out and experiencing the outdoors. Growing up competitive, I still like to race, but my favorite days are those days where you're just casually out adventuring with friends. That was Christian Andrus, and this is episode 74 of the Inspired Souls podcast. Hi, I'm Carolyn, and I'm a roadrunner. And I'm Kim, and I'm a trail runner. Welcome to our podcast, where we bring the communities of trail and road running together and explore the parallels between running and life. Christian Andres is a 35-year-old trail runner born and bred in Manitoba, Canada. Once a licensed physiotherapist, Christian went back to school in 2016 and now works as a physician assistant. He grew up doing functional training before it was a thing, chasing cows out of the trees on his family farm and found himself excelling at local track and field days in grade school. His path from high school and university track and field eventually led him to discover trail running. Together with his fiancée, Nicole, Christian founded Trails of Toba as a place to promote adventure in Manitoba and directs three races under the brand name. Each race is unique and designed to provide anyone of all skills and abilities an opportunity to experience the trails. In this episode, we discuss how influential an early mentor and coach can be in forming a belief in yourself, what one should consider as they start trail running, Christian's top three tips for becoming more skilled and faster on the trails, and how inspiration can be found all around us if we just look for it. We don't record video when we do our podcasts, but if we did, our listeners would see that Christian had a huge smile on his face as he talked for this entire episode. He is a man who loves the outdoors, who loves to explore, and who loves helping others discover the joy that he has found in the magical places off the beaten path in the province he calls home. Christian does some racing, but he fundamentally runs for the sake of running. We hope he inspires you to do the same. So Christian, welcome to the Inspired Souls podcast. We're so happy to have you with us tonight. I'm uh, so excited to be invited here. Again, a huge fan of the podcast. I've listened to a big chunk of the episodes. So uh, thanks so much for inviting me. Yeah, well, we figured it was about time as we were just chatting before we started recording here. We've been in the same running community, the three of us, for quite a while and never really actually had a chance to talk and get to know each other. So um, this is one of the awesome things about our podcast is it gives us a chance to connect with people that sometimes we've not had the opportunity to, or we never would before. So yeah, I'm really excited for us to get to know you a bit better as well as for our listeners. Yeah, likewise, like you said, small community, but somehow we didn't really cross paths. Uh, uh, Part of that, I would say, is being out in Brandon for a number of years when I started trail running. It was kind of our own little spot there. and We didn't intermingle so much with people in Winnipeg. So yeah, it's nice to be able to touch base and get to know you a little bit more. For sure. I will just say maybe it's because you're so fast that I just never had a chance to keep up (laughs) or you were done races way before I even crossed the finish line. But we'll get to that in in a bit. Why don't you give us a a little bit more background as to who you are? Yeah, just a little bit more about you. Yeah, for sure. So my name is Christian Andrus. I'm 35 years old, which puts me in the master's athlete category this year, apparently. I was born and raised around Roblin, Manitoba, which is about four and a half hours northwest of Winnipeg. 
I now currently live in Winnipeg with my fiance Nicole and our dog Lola. And uh, for work, I was a physiotherapist, which is another connection that you and yeah. I have, Kim. And Carolyn. Oh, Carolyn's a physio as well. I did not know that. I used to be. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'm a physician assistant now in orthopedic surgery at Concordia Hospital. So, yeah, that's kind of me in a nutshell. I've got two younger brothers and older sister, and most of my family is out in the Roblin area still. So. Okay. Awesome. Yeah, I had to look that up where Roblin was. It's it's quite up there, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for people that aren't familiar with the area, it's to me it's just another weekend drive, but right, true, true. Yeah. Well, welcome to the club, 35 and older. You're you're in the Masters Club. I've been there for a while, so it's it's a good <laughs> club to be in. Yeah. So, how did you get into running? What's your running origin story? So uh, I grew up on a farm and while it's not truly the origin story, when I was like six, seven years old, it was always my responsibility to chase the cows out of the bush in my rubber boots. So that was probably my first experience with running any amount of distance. But growing up in a small town, uh, I feel like all of them have a track and field day, essentially. So that was something that I kind of did a little bit of everything from sprints to high jump to the 400 and 800 meters, which was considered long distance back then. And I was lucky enough to excel at most of those. And uh, then high school rolled around and uh, I kind of lucked out, so to speak. I recall vividly grade nine going to a, like the first track and field meeting for the year. And there was a a guy there that I had never met before, probably in his mid thirties. And he was dressed in tights, which when you're in Roblin, a guy wearing tights was an odd thing. (laughs) And he had a bison on the back of his jacket. So we show up and we're like, who is this guy? And uh, he ended up asking anyone that was interested in middle and long distance running to essentially go for a run with him because he was going to be the distance coach and some of the other teachers were doing the field events and sprints and such. So there was only a couple of us that went out there. Long distance running wasn't really something a lot of grade niners were that interested in my school. And then we ended up running together. I don't remember how far, but near the end of the run, he started to pick up the pace a little bit and I ended up sticking with him essentially. And he let out a few choice words, which um, to me made me feel like essentially I had potential, the things that he said, (laughs) things that I shouldn't repeat on air. But uh, anyways, I was kind of hooked after that. My coach, his name is uh, Darren Yakamishin, who actually was, I found out later, was a a very exceptional runner, 229 marathoner. I think he ran like an hour and eight for the half. He was an all-Canadian in cross country. I think he finished top 12 in Canada for university cross country. And What was he doing in Roblin? So... (laughs) long story short he was born and raised there he was the guy that like I didn't realize this but you know most schools they've got their trophy rack in the entrance or whatever and he was the guy with all the school records oh okay from back in the early 80s I'd say and uh, he came back he used an accountant he came back and he started a business there and when he moved back he decided to help out with coaching so I kind of lucked out into a situation where there was somebody that was in town that had a huge knowledge and love for running somebody that like from the get-go believed in me which was a huge thing because young kid you know don't always have the most confidence and it's it's so integral to have that person to kind of mentor you 
And mm-hmm. yeah, I just kind of latched onto that and, and went with it essentially. Well, I kind of wanted to dig into that moment a little bit because I don't know how you felt about yourself. Like you just show up at this practice and did you think you were a good runner or was it really him and his expletives or whatever he <laughs> said said to you that made you all of a sudden believe that maybe you had a little bit of potential? I'm curious because I think for anyone who's had that experience of like, oh, I'm, I'm nothing special. And then someone believes in you. It can be very life changing. Yeah. So, I mean, I, like I said, I'd, we'd done some like local track meets and stuff like that. Things that I had done well in but like it was on a very small scale and and as i said i wasn't a kid that reeked confidence when i was younger so it was like having someone that had the utmost belief that i could do anything achieve anything and had the potential to do that it just led me in the direction to continue on that course and see how much i could get out of myself whereas if if it was just kind of like oh yeah here's some workouts go do your thing it's just a little bit different yeah. story you don't have that same support behind you for those days that you maybe don't believe in yourself right yeah. so it's like you almost grew to match his belief in you it sounds like yeah i i would i would definitely agree with that and and uh, i'll be forever grateful because i've been able to get so much from running and it's given me so much joy. So, um, yeah, I, I'll I'll forever be grateful for Darren and what he, uh, what he did for me and the confidence he instilled in me. So are you still in touch with him? So the last time I I talked to him a couple of years ago now, he's no longer in Roblin. He's moved out to, uh, Alberta, but, uh, yeah, I, I, it's funny because he was one of those guys. He's, he's an all in guy when he does something. And uh, the last I talked to him, he was actually training. He unfortunately had injured his knee, so he's not able to run as much or as fast as he used to. But his goal was to set the uh, Canadian National Masters triathlon record. And uh, I I haven't followed up on how that's gone. Pandemic, I'm guessing, would have slowed that down to a degree. But uh, yeah, I've kept in touch with him and he still is that same person that is very committed when he's focused on something. Well, you certainly wouldn't be the first person on this podcast that has attributed their current love of running to an early mentor or coach. So those people are so, so important. So you ran, did you run all through high school with him then? Yeah. So nine through 12, uh, in high school. And then I did spend a couple of years in university where I ran, but I kind of, uh, lost my love after a couple of years. And I actually took like a 10 year hiatus from running essentially um, until I found trail running. Okay. So yeah, this question's mine. Tell us the the trail running story. So I know that you discovered trail running, you know, as you were training for a Spartan race, correct? Correct. Yeah. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about what happened there. So a little bit of backstory before the trail running part. Okay. Uh, after 10 years, like honestly, zero endurance sport training. I kept active, played a lot of volleyball, okay. went to the gym, that kind of mm-hmm. stuff. But I was at a friend's place and we had a, a couple of beers around a bonfire one night. And my friend Cam had said, oh yeah, there's this 10 mile road race from Winnipeg Beach to Gimli. I cannot 
pronounce the name of yeah, the race yeah. for the life <laughs> I'm of sure me. you can, Carolyn. Is Lynn Dingadangren. Oh, my goodness. Okay, there we go. Thank That's you for that. what she said. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so he's like, yeah, we should go and run this 10-mile road race. And I was like, sure, why not? I've never... I might have done a couple of runs that were that long in my life before that, but my training was always geared at shorter races. So it was kind of me getting in over my head without any training, but I went home, I got a pair of Sidney Crosby trainers with paint all over them because they're the closest thing to a pair of running shoes that I had. I found my old Ironman Timex watch, put it on my wrist. It was so old, the strap broke because it was brittle. So I didn't have a watch to use. And I literally just grabbed the pair of gym shorts and the t-shirt and I was like, all right, here we go. So yeah, um, ended up running that, finished. A funny story. I didn't, again, didn't have a watch. So I had no concept of where I was in terms of time on the course, but I was running beside a guy and we went through the 10K marker. So I asked him, I was like, so how long did it take us to go through 10K? And the guy told me 42 minutes even. I'm like, 42 minutes even? You're kidding, right? He's like, no. I'm like, oh, this is going to turn out bad. And then, uh, <laughs> yeah, sure enough, two more kilometers and I'm walking down the side of the road. <laughs> But uh, I still finished. I think it was like an hour and 13 minutes. Uh, I was still proud of myself. Mm -hmm. And um, it it was one of those moments where it just kind of, I baffled myself. I was like, I don't know how I did that. Muscle memory. So uh, there was was that, which was kind of my first run slash race in 10 years. And then um, oddly enough, two other little things kind of fed into that. Uh, When I graduated from physician assistant school in 2016, my dad and I went on a road trip. We literally just took an old Ford Aerostar van, threw a mattress in the back and a cooler full of food. And we drove down through uh, Southern BC into Washington, Oregon, and Northern California. Mm. And uh, amazing trails in that area. And like a icon growing up was Steve Prefontaine for me. And Steve Prefontaine was from Oregon ran at the University of Oregon, grew up in Coos Bay. So this was kind of like a pilgrimage, even though I wasn't really a runner. I went to like where the Steve Prefontaine Memorial was. I went to the the track. Um, Hayward Field. Uh, Hayward Field. There we go. Um, and went to like Steve Prefontaine's gravesite. And I ran the Prefontaine Trail, which is a trail in Oregon, which is just like a wood chip trail. But I did some running there and running through the Redwood Forest Mm -hmm. uh, in Northern California, which was just Mm -hmm. unbelievable. I think I'd never have felt that kind of, I don't know, zen or whatever you want to say as running through the forest there. I was like, this is awesome. I don't know why I ever stopped doing this. Um, And that was kind of my first foray in trail running. But then the competitive aspect of things, I grew up as as an athlete. I liked to compete in things the competitive aspect of things, I saw a Spartan race advertised. So essentially I was like, well, I spent a lot of time in the gym. I'm fairly strong. I think I could do well at obstacles. And I used to be a good runner. So my first real run where I was doing like a training run, I think I went on probably trail forks or something like that. I was like, all right, what's the hardest trail that's kind of in the Brandon area? And it was Bald Hill. Well, Kim, I know you've been out to Eastgate a few times and like for Manitoba, Bald Hill has a lot of vertical gain in it. It does. I was not used to running vertical gain. It was 
30 degrees. I was nine kilometers. I started at the top on the north escarpment, nine kilometers down almost to the parking lot at the bottom. And I turn around and come back up. I had a hydration pack with two liters of water on, but it was like 35 degrees. And I'm like a couple kilometers up and I'm like walking up the hill. I'm like, I don't know if I'm going to make it. This is probably the biggest walk of shame I've ever had in a run when you're used to clipping off four minutes a kilometer and all of a sudden you're walking at 12 minutes a kilometer. Like, oh, it's a humbling experience. But that was my first foray in trying to train in trail running. So uh, I feel like things have come a long way since then. Well, I think they certainly have. You've been all over, literally all over the province. I can't think of anybody that has maybe done as many trails in the province as you have in all of your research and then your development of your different race series. So yeah, you've explored all over the province. um, And in some of those explorations and racing, you seem to get this idea to develop a brand called Trails of Toba. And it's been quite interesting to watch the early evolution of Trails of Toba as it got started and then what you're doing now. So tell us about Trails of Toba. So me and my buddy, Ryan Lamont, who's a friend of mine that I run in Brandon with, we initially had an idea of putting on a race in the Brandon Hills. It's one of those spots that we would go out every Wednesday and run. Didn't matter if it's 40 above, 40 below. And it's just a really gorgeous spot to go out and adventure. You'd see very rarely a trail runner out there. And uh, it kind of started with that. So we... I kind of took over things. It was an idea between the two of us and he's a really busy guy. So I kind of took over the idea and started race the North face. So after race, the North face started and we started brainstorming some other ideas, Nicole and I with everything pandemic related, weren't sure if we're going to be able to have any type of in-person events. So then the idea of the Manitoba segment series came up, which uh, is a virtual race that I think you'll probably touch on in a bit later. Uh, mm-hmm. But we wanted to have like an, an umbrella to put these things under. So we established Trails of Toba. And it's kind of a combination of events that we put on. And then our Instagram is just like places around the province for people to explore. Uh, we put different places to hike, to ski, to run, so on and so forth. And it's honestly snowballed into a lot more than we ever really expected it to be. But uh, it's, it's essentially a social media platform to inspire people to get outdoors and show them some of the amazing spots that we have across the province. Because there's a lot of places out there that people just don't know about. So really, it's, uh, it's uh, events and then adventures. And uh, it's worked pretty well and people seem to really enjoy it. So it's been, been fun to do. And it's honestly... The adventure part is just stuff we were already doing. Now we just take a phone with us to take pictures. <laughs> right. Well, what I love about, let's talk a bit more about this Manitoba segment series because it's very unique in that, I don't know if anybody's noticed, especially listeners of this podcast, but trail running has almost become synonymous with ultra running. Like trail runners start running trails and then right away it's like 50 Ks and then 100 miles. But it doesn't have to be that way. And there are a lot of people who maybe want to run trails that might see this and be intimidated thinking, I have to be an ultra runner if I want to run trails or people that just want to get out and 
you know, start slowly or explore some of the shorter trails or heaven forbid, run super fast on a trail <laughs> and not, not shift into the ultra, you know, shuffle right away. So this segment series um, is almost like a tour guide of tr- great trails to do in Manitoba. And you set it up so that you have like like the three competitive trails if you want to actually compete for a podium finish spot. And then you all, you have, is it 12 or is it more now for this year, other trails? So this year we've changed it up a little bit just because 12 trails, it's a lot of driving to get around to those. So we actually picked 20 trails this year with people completing 10 to be a segment series finisher where you get kind of like a finisher patch for that. And then there is still the three trails for the segment series championship, which we tried to pick trails that you have to be a well-rounded runner. So climbing, descending, like the rolling flowy hills, and then the faster type roads. So yeah, this year it's, it's 20 trails, but you choose 10 out of those. And then similar to like Strava segments, you can do these trails multiple times throughout the year and mm-hmm. end up, you know, posting your final fastest segment of the year. Is that correct? Yes, for the especially for the three championship ones. Um, again, you have the ability to go back because sometimes you know navigation could be a challenge on trails, stuff like that. We don't mark them, so that plays a role in how fast someone can go. A big part of it too is kind of integrating the hiking community into the event as well, and that's why we have the the finisher patches so people that can go go at whatever pace that they want to. And uh, if they complete 10 trails, they just send us in their GPS data. And then we're making finisher patches to put on their packs and bags and that kind of stuff too. So it kind of blends both communities. And my hope is that it interests some people in trying out trail running on some, again, shorter distance trails to grow the community even further. Yeah. Well, going back to when you conceived of this in the first place, I'm curious if you saw some kind of like, hole in the market, I want to say, but just like if you yourself were like, where are these trails? Like you had to go to quite a lot of work to find some of these trails yourself. And that gave you the idea of like, if I'm having trouble finding it, you know, maybe other people are having trouble finding it too. And you wanted to kind of highlight where these trails were in the first place. Was that part of the inspiration? Yeah. I mean, uh, like with the trail selection themselves, I've spent a lot of time going out exploring and found a whole bunch of different resources. And I wouldn't say per se that it was hard to find the places, but you have to know where to look. And if you don't mm-hmm. put in that specific time, then you you may not find them. Uh, so I tried to pick a list of things that just show how diverse the different trails are across the province for both trail running and hiking. And then, yeah, like you said, kind of make that accessible and give people not an itinerary per se, but like a a goal oriented list that you can check off and, and see all these different spots. And part of it too, is, you know, some of the places are further away, but like going for a weekend camping and like having a couple of trails in a specific Mm -hmm. area that go to riding mountain, which has a number of, gorgeous spots to explore so just getting people out and adventuring and active and i mean with the pandemic and everything else going on you know it's was one of those things that people could still look forward to uh, regardless of most other things that were canceled so it's kind of multifactorial the inspiration behind it but uh seemed to have gotten people out the doors and excited 
Yeah, yeah, which is amazing. And I love how you're blending like the runners and the hikers, like you're just wanting to get people out using the trails and experiencing it because you know, once they're out there, they're just gonna love it, right? (laughs) So finding the trails can be a barrier to getting people out in the first place. What else, like what else have you identified is like Kim was sort of talking about how trails have become synonymous with ultra running. So people think like, oh, if I do this, I have to run it and I have to run it, run far. You know, what would you tell somebody who just wants to get out trail running, who's never done it before? What sort of advice would you have for them? You know what? A a big thing is like the community is great. Reach out to the community because trail running, it's not about going fast or coming on first or whatever like it's just about going out and experiencing the outdoors like i've person that's again grown up competitive i still like to race but my favorite days are those days where you just casually out adventuring with friends Mm -hmm. the places you can explore through trail running are frankly amazing and a lot of places even in manitoba you just can't get to outside of hitting up a trail. So reach out to the community. Um, there's people of all abilities and we're always looking for new people to come out and join us. Amazing. Absolutely. So here's where I'll give a plug to Mater, Manitoba Association of Trail Runners. I had the privilege of being one of the founding members of that organization. And that's part of their vision and mission too, is to get people out into the trails. And, you know, it can be really intimidating if you worry about getting lost or you don't know where to find the trailhead or you really, honestly, and some of these trails shouldn't be out there alone if you don't have a lot of experience and you don't, you know, know how to pack the proper gear. (laughs) So um, budding up and, and connecting with the community is a great suggestion. Before we move on to um, a few more different topics on our podcast. Um, I know you have one other race under the Trails of Toba umbrella that is actually already sold out for this year. Tell us about the Suffer On Centennial race. Yeah, so uh, Suffer On Centennial, it's roughly 33 and a half kilometer race uh, in Whiteshell Provincial Park. Uh, It starts at McGillivray Falls and goes to Alfred Hole in Rennie. This is a trail that uh, I had run five or six years ago with my buddy, Mikhail Girello. He's a really good trail runner, and it's like his favorite trail. Anyways, in the past uh, past year or two, there's been a ton of work done to the trail. It was one of those things you're essentially route finding the whole time five or six years ago. But now there's been a few groups out there, including the Manitoba Association of Trail Runners, that have kind of been stewards of the trail and both the uh, trail signage has been improved a lot and same with the trail conditions, essentially. So organizing the event for June 25th, it's a lot of fun, fairly technical single track, not a crazy amount of uh, vertical gain or change on that one. I, I consider it kind of Manterio's little sibling for anyone that's ran on Manterio. Whiteshell is just a gorgeous spot to go and run. It's one of those places that... Uh, since I've moved back to Winnipeg a year and a half ago, it's been a spot that I've always gravitated towards and uh, just feels like a perfect place to to put on an event. Absolutely. And I have to ask this because I have a lot of affair with UTMB. I noticed on your website that it says something about it being a point. You can get points or it's part of the qualifying process for UTMB. Yeah. So what it does is... Um, you have like a UTMB points profile, essentially. And any races that are registered with UTMB to be um, 
World Series qualifying event can help you bump up those points, which essentially helps you get into some of the UTMB uh, major events and early registration, that kind of stuff. Uh, so it won't get you into the actual UTMB, but it helps to build up your profile and your points uh, for other events that will kind of feed you into UTMB. Well, it's been quite a process trying to keep up with the changes in, you know, requirements for entry to UTMB. And um, I'm kind of proud that Manitoba now has a race that is part of that process. So that's great. Good job. Okay. So you've you've well established that trails are for everybody, right? If you want to walk them, hike them, run them, it's all good. We just want you out there. We want you experiencing nature, bring the right gear, your maps or your navigation. We didn't talk about wildlife, but you know, I don't know if there's anything we need to be mindful of there to be prepared, but just go with a buddy that's slower than you and you'll be good. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Life motto. (laughs) But we do happen to know that you are very, very speedy yourself. So if there is somebody listening to this who also is curious about getting faster on the trails, do you have any tips? So, I mean, if you're training specifically for a race, I would always tell anyone to train on the type of terrain as best you can that you're racing on. So if you're running a flat, fast course, train on flat, fast terrain. If you're trying to run on something that's super technical, you're going to have to train on something that's super technical because footwork is going to be extremely important. Mm-hmm. Um, a couple of things that I've always liked to do that maybe not everybody does is I've always incorporated speed work on road or on the track. Regardless, I just feel personally that like, running economy if, if you're used to running fast it makes running fast on trails feel easier because running fast on trails is always going to be slower than running fast on the track or on the road another thing that i've always added in as well is plyometric work so kind of like jump training and you know it activates those type 2 muscle fibers and you can do different movements like with trail running you're leaping bounding all over the place depending on what kind of trail you're on and that too also just helps with that explosive speed. So those are two things or well, three things that I think are, are extremely important to be fast on trails. So specificity of the trail you're on, speed work and explosiveness. We, we promise we didn't tell Christian what to say here. So <laughs> <laughs> you've echoed what Carolyn has been preaching about making sure you do your speed work. You actually echoed something I recently said on another podcast about plyometrics. Yeah, I think that really, in a nutshell, will set a person up for sure to have the durability, to have the the neuromuscular firing to do trails. And then also, like you said, to have that specificity of actually not having to think about every footstep and being able to just enjoy the run too, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Yeah. Okay, Christian. So you you started this podcast off with telling us about your coach who really inspired you as, as a teenager and to get into running and to believe in yourself further along your running journey. Is there anybody else that has particularly inspired you? You know, it's one of those situations where there's people all around me that inspire me, like the running community in general, it doesn't matter. Like, again, there's like an e-whore that does 125 kilometers out and back. And then there's a person that's stepping on the trail for their first time or signing up for their first trail race. Like, this year at Race the North Face, there was a gal that was 73 years old that finished the 50K. 
to me, that's as inspiring as, as anything. So, you know, inspiration, it can kind of come from all walks of life and sometimes it comes from within as well. So yeah, it's, it's, it's all around us. You just got to look at it. Mm. I love that answer so, so much. It's so true. Like if the inspiration is all around us and within us and we just have to look for it. And as a race director, I imagine you get to see some of those moments too, you know, of the people crossing the finish lines and supporting each other along the way. Yeah. Again, that's, that's where it's like, it's such a great community to be part of. And yeah, like as a race director, being able to play a little role in those people's journeys and their successes and overcoming both the distance and whatever else they're, they're battling. It's a pretty heartwarming thing to be able to take part in. For sure. Well, you mentioned when you were sharing your kind of running origin story that back in your university days, you kind of fell a little bit out of love with running. And then you had a bit of a 10 year hiatus from running. But from the sounds of this interview, you've firmly fallen in love with running again. And so maybe you could tell us a little bit more about what running means to you and kind of how running fits into the picture and how it inspires you on kind of a daily basis. Yeah. I mean, like running is one of those things that it's given me a ton of opportunities I've met so many great people through running. Honestly, one of the things I look forward to the most is like setting up a weekend run with friends, going out and exploring. Like to me, it's, uh, and especially trail running, it's one of those situations where I can get away from like the static and noise of the rest of the world and just kind of go lose myself on a trail somewhere or go enjoy hours of conversation out in the backwoods with a friend where you don't have any cell phones and noise, stuff like that. So like for me, that's why I, I love running. There, there's still that piece that enjoys the competitive aspect. I do really like to train and I, I like having something to keep me motivated and focused on. But the, the biggest draw is just kind of that like mental relief from the rest of the world for a while when I'm just out there doing my thing. Mm-hmm. Oh, that resonates with me so deeply. You know, in this day and age now, oh, I sound old when I say that, in this day and age, <laughs> <laughs> but... It's true. I mean, we have so much tech around us all the time. You know, I am now, even as a physiotherapist manager, working virtually 100% of my day. You know, you've got the phone and the computer and the radio and the TV. And um, it seems like you can't get away from those waves, those those EMR waves, right? Um, in, In any profession now. And so just to get out in the middle of nowhere, actually, you can seek out places that purposely don't have cell service and, and just Absolutely. disappear for a while. It's, it's a gift. It's a gift we have here in Canada that we have so many wild spaces and places that we can play. Yeah. I've, I've seen some of your posts on Facebook and such and all the places that you're out exploring near, near Calgary and ah, it gets me excited. It's, there's so much snow here right now that unless you're out snowshoeing, it's really hard to do any trail running this winter. Yeah, I, I noticed. <laughs> that was Sorry. actually something I was going to ask you. Like, can you get out to some of these places like the Centennial Trail? Like, I've hiked that actually, so I'm a little bit familiar with it. But is that something you could drive out there to the White Shell and hike the Centennial Trail in the winter? Or is it pretty seasonal? <laughs> It depends on the winter. The last couple of winters prior to this, uh, without a whole lot of snow, often the trails were packed. So you could actually run it. And in some cases, it's actually easier to run because it covers up the rocks roots. 
Like a place like Hunt Lake, when it's packed in the winter, you can fly up and down there. But this winter, my get out of the city has been more snowshoeing than running or sometimes cross-country skiing, uh, just because there just isn't enough traffic on the trails and the amount of snow that's happened to, uh, to really pack things down to get a lot of trail running in. But I mean, Manitoba needed moisture so badly. Yes. I'm sure nobody's complaining about the snow as far as farmers, ranchers, fishermen. <laughs> They're really happy to have the snow. <laughs> yeah. I much prefer that over forest fires all summer yeah, as well. So, right? Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. So actually on that note, what is your favorite trail to run on in Manitoba? Oh, I'd say Brandon Hills is where I spent a lot of my time when I just started trail running because it was a 15-minute drive from my place when I lived in Brandon. So I'd have to say that, that Brandon Hills is the, the place that I love to go the most. It's beautiful. It's hillier than a lot of places you'd expect in Manitoba. It's got great single track. And the fact that it's a trail system, it's with around 50 kilometers of trails, you can link up routes endlessly so you don't have to run the same route over and over. So that's my favorite spot. I don't get out there as much as I'd like to anymore just because of the drive, but I'll forever love the Brandon Hills. That is a special place for sure. You know, Manitoba never ceased to surprise me. Every time I would go somewhere, I'd be like, what? Where did this come from? How is this place hiding? You know, you you think that it's just this... And honestly, it is flatter than flat. Like I could do a 30K run around Winnipeg and get maybe six meters of gain. And and my <laughs> friends would be like, is that even possible on this planet? And I'm like, yes, it's possible here. But if you just if you just exit the city a little bit, the, the hidden gems in the province are there. That they are. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So what's next for you, Christian? Do you have any races planned for this year for yourself? So I do, I've got a couple of races planned. Uh, I signed up for the 25K at Eastgate. Uh, I'm looking forward to getting out there again. I absolutely love, love the course and the train. The one other race that I'm signed up for is the 23K at Squamish. A lot of people don't know that Ooh, Squamish has a yes. 23K. But uh, yeah, so sticking to my, my shorter routes. For me, the, a big thing outside of racing that I've been loving doing a lot is going and just running specific trails though so like last year i ran skyline trail out by jasper Mm -hmm. Uh, i've run kalaloo trail in hawaii just going and picking off some of those really awesome trails to do that aren't necessarily races but just to go and see the scenery and the the places so rock walls on my list for this year and uh Mm -hmm. uh, the lake o'hare alpine circuit is another one that i really want to do so yeah, Rockwell's actually one of on, is on my bucket list. I, there's so many places to explore. That's the best part about moving to a new province is you have a whole new world. It's so exciting. Yeah. Well, I have to uh, follow up on something that you just said. So you're going to sign up for the 23K in Squamish. Yeah. And you said that that was the shorter distance. <laughs> so I'm curious, and I, like your, your Brandon Hills race the North Face. Uh, mm-hmm. So the shortest one there, I think, is 10K. And you have a 25 and a 50 as well. So is there ever like a 3K race in, in trails or is 23 considered a short race? You know, there, there are shorter like 
race series and such, there are definitely races that have shorter distances than that. I'd say they're a lot fewer and further between than the longer distance stuff. It seems like, again, a lot of people gravitate towards running mm-hmm. 50Ks and ultras. But yeah, I know that like Joel has the Birdsill Trail mm-hmm. series, which has some shorter distance stuff, which is a kind of a great entry point for people that mm-hmm. want to just try out trails. Within Manitoba, outside of that, there's maybe a few other low-key events, but there's not a ton that are real short, to be honest. I've actually thought about this because it's not the first time this question has come up. Do you think maybe it's partially also just because of the nature of the geography and the terrain? Like if you're going, you know, up a hill and around a hill or up a mountain just to get back to the start, there's no roads, there's no easy start, stop places. So trails by nature lend themselves to being a little bit longer just because if you want to get to a summit or you want to get around a lake, you've got to do 10K to get around that lake. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, that's definitely possible. And there are a lot of trails that are like, say, point to point. Well, if you start at Mm -hmm. one, like, for example, uh, Saffron Centennial, it's a point to point trail. There isn't really any other way around that, right? So yeah, Yeah. I I would definitely agree that that's that's a possibility. And we also have some like, again, odd distance races just because it's, say, the length of a trail. Um, Right. So yeah, that's, that, that would make sense as well, for sure. I just remember Kim out in Colmox, remember the Perseverance trail mm-hmm. run? So they 13. had and a, and a three. It was and like 11 yeah. and a three. And I, I remember the, because one of our former guests, Carlene Van Tongren, holds the record on the 3K. And it's like, like she took that race it's a so seriously. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. And it was not easy, but it was yeah. 3K and it was um, tough. And she was, you know, like, I think there was quite a number of them that took it pretty seriously. So I think maybe it just depends, like you said, on the, your own geography and whatever trails you have access to that lend themselves to different distances. And the culture of the the area, like that Perseverance Trail Race, Christian, if you're not aware, it's um, Halloween. And so it's a very family oriented event. Like people Mm -hmm. are encouraged to dress up in costume. And so the 3K is, you know, a favorite with the kids. But then, yeah, the the adults have shifted more into taking it over from the sounds of it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's fun. (laughs) But that might be something, right? uh, That's exactly what I'm thinking. Like you do a, a family thing and you need a shorter distance for the kids to get that next generation loving the trails and and really into it too so something to think about i i did that 3k with a couple superman men when my kids were little (laughs) it was kind of fun had to finish with one of my shoulders but we had we had fun Okay, well, we finish off each uh, episode with our rapid fire questions. So I know, Christian, you're a longtime listener of the podcast, and you probably know what's coming. Are you ready? Yeah, I think so. We're gonna have to change up these questions at some point so that people don't (laughs) expect them. But I like them. So let's start with what is your favorite running mantra? Uh, There's a Bill Bowerman quote, that's everything you need is already inside. So just one of those things that it's like, it's there. You just got to go and get it. Mm-hmm. There you go. Back to the track town USA yeah. <laughs> where it yeah. all began, right? Okay. Do you have a favorite place to run? You may have already mentioned, you've mentioned a whole bunch of wonderful ones in this podcast so far. Yeah. I mean, I've been fortunate enough to run a lot of neat places, but it always does come back home to the Brandon Hills. I love it there. Sedimental means a lot to me. I'm going to have to get out there. It's worth checking out. 
For sure. Uh, I'm going to wait till the snow melts. How's that? <laughs> Sounds like fun. <laughs> Do you have a bucket list race? You know, honestly, I don't really have a bucket list race. I more have bucket list trails, as okay. I kind of mentioned before. Yep. And uh, I figure shoot big, but Wonderland Trail. Ooh. That's, uh, yeah, that would be stretching myself as far as I think I'd ever stretch myself. But uh, there's a Gary Robbins had, with the Ginger Runner had done a kind of documentary on Gary Robbins running the FKT around Wonderland. And that uh, sparked my interest. It's absolutely it looks beautiful. Amazing. Now that's Mount Rainier, right? Or is it Correct. Rainier? And Mount okay. Rainier, yeah. 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 yeah, I've been to the area and ran a little bit on some of the trails around there, but uh, it's, it's on the list sometime. Okay. Do you have a favorite running book or movie? Again, a lot of the, my favorites stem back to when I was younger, but uh, Without Limits, which is about Steve Prefontaine, I've always loved that movie. It's still something I'll occasionally watch to get motivated before a race. Mm-hmm. Um, and as for books, most of my running reading actually – evolves around training and there's one called training for the uphill athlete which uh, mm-hmm. i find is a useful book and it's also got a lot of side notes on different athletes and places to run and beautiful pictures so writing that one down right now that's actually my focus right now is a vertical over mileage and i'm suffering so i think i need to buy that <laughs> book <laughs> yeah it's a, it's a really good okay. book yeah awesome Okay, so let's finish off with what is your favorite post-run or post-adventure indulgence? I'm definitely a salty person. So usually, depending where I am, I'll try and stop at some type of local small town. If I'm out on the trails just exploring local small town restaurant and order something salty, be it pizza, burgers, something like that. Awesome. Well, this is uh, fantastic. I mean, you've really, really piqued my interest, that's for sure, in widening my horizons and getting out to explore some of these amazing trails that I know are in our backyard here in uh, Manitoba. So if people are loving what they heard, where can they find you? Where do you want to point people to and maybe even to sign up for one of your races? For sure. So we we have a website. It's www.trailsoftoba.com. And uh, for social media, Instagram's kind of our big one, and it's at Trails of Toba. So if you're from Manitoba or looking to visit the province, we've got a lot of information on trails and places outdoor to explore. And anytime you want to message us on Instagram, that kind of stuff, we're always willing to make recommendations. That's great. Thanks for coming on the podcast tonight and sharing, you know, your running story with us and hopefully you've inspired some some listeners to get out and try the trails or potentially just explore new places in their province. So, yeah, thank you. Yes, thanks for having me. And I did see, Carolyn, you ran Chris McCubbins last year, so you're almost at the trails. Right. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. My big 5K. <laughs> I'm like almost there. It's a start. It's a start. Exactly. <laughs> well, I'm just breaking out of like all my old mold. So I did cross country last fall and tomorrow night I'm racing a 1500 on the track indoors. So we'll just, you know, I may be running 50 K by the summer. You just never know. <laughs> so I'll keep my options open. So thank you for enlightening us. Yes. Again, thanks so much for having me. It was a pleasure. Can't wait to listen to all the upcoming episodes when I have my next adventure planned.